0: Welcome to the Storytellers Live podcast, where everyday people share real and personal stories of encounters with God. I'm Robin, and I'm here with Katie and Lindy. Today, we cannot wait to bring you Carrie Ray's story. Katie, why don't you tell us how we met Carrie Ray? Well, Carrie Ray actually participated
1: in the Zoom Bible study I did last fall for Discover Your Story. I had about 20 women from all over the country that joined in. And let me tell you, you'll find out pretty quick in her story that she's just such a joy and such a bright light. And she has such an incredible story story really about parenting Mm -hmm. and about letting your children go and trusting God in the midst of some pretty devastating circumstances. Mm So she has a really incredible
0: story. Yeah, I know. As someone who still has children who are, Mm -hmm. you know, early teen years, her story really prepared me and spoke to me about how to truly let your children go and give them to the Lord. Listen, we need the reminder every day. Absolutely. Absolutely.
2: (laughs) And I was also on the Discover Your Story Zoom. And let me tell you, the first time that we sat down that night, I said, that's Carrie Ray. Like I knew it was Carrie Ray. She is truly, you use the phrase bright light and she is so that. And speaking of Discover Your Story, spring is here and it's a perfect time to gather outside and have a small group. So if you are interested, please go to our website or click on the link in our show notes and
0: you can purchase Discover Your Story and we actually have a special. Yes, we are putting it on sale. We have not done this before. And so from now, which is March 3rd through March 17th, the book is, Going to be $12 on our website Yay. on storytellerslive.org. It's a perfect time to jump in to discover your story. So go ahead and check that out today. Here's Carrie Ray.
3: Hey y'all. My name is Carrie Ray Gailey, and I am so excited to be on Storytellers Live. The the journey of actually being able to be on this podcast is just amazing because it happens so quickly. And so God is so good at putting a good friend in my life that told me to hear a story. I listened to the story. I was completely hooked, obsessed. And then all of a sudden, I did the first Bible study with Storytellers Live. And then I started talking about my story. And then lo and behold, um, the team asked me to tell my story. And so for that, I am so grateful. And I first and foremost wanted to tell any listener out there that I've been praying for you. I've been praying for you for this time, because this is a time where anyone that is having anxiety, fear, they're wigging out, like completely wigging out as a mother. I hope this, this really speaks to you because my journey has been nothing but a beautiful story that I thought never in a million years would ever happen to me. But you know what? God's in every detail and how cool is he that we get to experience him in different ways. And so a little bit about myself is my name is Carrie Ray Gailey. I was born in the Delta in um, Clarksville, Mississippi, which if any people are from the Delta, they know that. Then we, we quickly moved to Hattiesburg. And um, you know what's crazy? is so I lived in Hattiesburg, Mississippi my whole life. The really fun thing is that God knew when I was a baby or a little girl that I was going to be have lots of energy. I was going to never meet a stranger. I was going to be um, outgoing. I love being outside and I love people so hard. And I think that's something that he built me that way. And I and I never really got it when I was growing up, but then I realized it way later on in life because he made me unique and he made me empathetic because he knew how he was going to be able to use me later on down the road. So I had incredible, had incredible parents that, you know what, when I die, I'm going to look at Jesus and say, thank you, Lord, for the most incredible parents. I loved my parents. I love you, Lord. And thank you that you picked me to have the most wonderful mother and father that really just embodied Jesus. And they talked about to my sister and I, who's three and a half years older than me about God. And we knew about God. We love God. Honey, every day the door was open for church. We were there on Wednesday nights. If you had the, the deal, the dinner when you were eating with everybody. Wednesday night suppers, we were there. Choir, which I'm—they're going to die—that I say this, but we had we had to do certain like activities at church on Sunday afternoon. And I was like, I don't really want to go to choir, but I mean, I would go because I love seeing my friends that were at other schools. So I know that's like, you know, you just did things. It was like monotonous, and it, but it was, it was special. And so I grew up in church. I had an incredible stable family and a loving family. And my sister and I are so completely different, but. It's so cool because she's like one of those people that's so wise and you can call them and you can say, like, I don't know what to do. And she's like, bah, 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 and tells you exactly what to do. And you're like, wow, okay, good. So that's what's so cool about God's sense of humor of how how we're all so different and how he just didn't have us alike so we could depend on each other. And so growing up in middle school and in high school, I was super active in my school. I loved, um, I was a cheerleader. That was just a good fit for me and um, played tennis. We water skied and there's a reason why this all plays a part. But um, my parents dated and got married with water skiing, so that was a huge part of my life. And so, when I was in high school, I had this like dream that I was going to be in Callaway Gardens and ski and water ski on ski team, and I was going to see it and I was going to see it ski at Sea World. Well, lo and behold, Jaws three comes out for all of those that um are in the eighties. I'm really showing my age. And honey, that dream stopped. I was like, there's no way I'm going to go try out for Callaway Gardens as a water ski because there's jaws. And so I was like, forget that. Plus, I was probably not remotely good enough to do it, but I really wanted to try out. So that was like huge. Then came along college and I loved college. College was the most incredible thing. Had most loved my sorority, loved being a little sister and fraternity. I was super active and just met the most lifelong friends. I mean, you know, God just put the most incredible people in my life that, are still, I'm so close to you today that really prayed for me in so many areas of my life. So it's just neat how he just cares about you in every detail of your life to put precious people that are going to be by your side, you know, because it's another thing I'm going to thank you for when I die. I'm be like, and thank you for my great friends, because you are just amazing. And so um, something I thought about back to high school when I got saved when I was little and it was really special, but I don't remember. I don't remember when it, how old I was, which is terrible to say. I really, I couldn't even ask my mom that quite frankly, because I was like, I don't remember when it was. I do remember when I rededicated my life. And so when I was in high school, we went to a place called Glorietta. It was a church camp. And at the end of the church camp, the um speaker was like, okay, now if you want to rededicate your life, think about you're being on a platform. And I remember like, you know how when you go to a, like camps or whatever and there's people behind you and they say falling and then you fall. I remember standing there and I was closing my eyes and I was like, and the speaker said falling. And I and I remember saying it. My, I know we were, the pew I was standing on and everything. And I remember saying falling. And then all of a sudden I heard this beautiful voice. And I remember him saying fall, baby girl. And I remember I don't even know why I'm crying about this now, but I'm gonna be crying a lot. So just bear with me because I think it's so special how he just, whoosh, you know, how you like it's almost like um in a movie where you just feel this power and you feel this um the spirit jump into you. Well, he just did it just then. Anyway, when you fall and then falling, and when I fell, I knew that my relation I had gone from religion to this little relationship. I felt this little relationship budding into my heart, and I knew that God was just going to be able to speak to me more. And so it was so special then. So after that, our youth pastor, this is kind of funny, but honestly, I was growing more. And it was right in the middle of high school because this is going to lead me on into college the rest of my life. And it's really special how the Lord works because he specifically kind of nailed my youth director to tell me this, but he said, okay, can you see Jesus holding a sig or a Miller White? <laughs> and I was like, what? And so I was sitting there visualizing Jesus in his robe with his beard. You know, he's so handsome in my mind. And so he's holding a stick. Nope, can't do it. And he said, well, if you know, if you're going to be living, you know, if Jesus is living in you, you need to think about those things if you're going to do it. And how will people look at you? How can you minister to them? And I remember thinking, I cannot even visualize hanging out with Jesus and dragging on a cig and drinking a Miller Lite. So I just never did it. So I think I had so much energy and that was another thing he built me that people either thought I was drunk all the time or probably high. So, I mean, they did think, what are you on? I was like, I just love Jesus. And so I remember um, that was crazy looking back on that went through college, absolutely loved college. Then I um, met my first husband, Roy, right after college. We were married for 12 years. And you know what? When i married, I was thinking I'm married for the rest of my life. And unfortunately, we did not stay married. And he had also go to a treatment center, which this is what's cool is I have absolutely no ill will towards him at all. But it's neat how God used different situations to build me. Because when I went to the treatment facility with him, when he was, um, and I say treatment rehabs for the people that may not know what I'm talking about, never in a million years did I realize that um, God was molding me for that moment and he was training me up and it was so surreal looking back on that but i know now that god was was building that specific situation for what was to come i had precious fletcher during that time and he is now my, he's my only son my only birth child and oh, my gosh, it was just a joy to have this boy. You know, as a mother, you're like, oh, I'm a mom. And it's just like your heart grows 20 hearts and you just want to protect this child and you want to love on this child and you want to be there for every moment in their life. And I I just I, I praise God that he gave me this child and that he um, I was going to get to be his mama. I mean, what a joy. And he was um, diagnosed with type one diabetes. There's a reason for that. that all plays in a part, which. Honestly, just to, I'll just say it now, diabetes saved his life. And that's what's so crazy, you know, how God reveals things to you. Because at the time when when he got diagnosed, I was like, I have no idea what diabetes is. You know, as a mother, you don't think about things until they affect your kid. And you don't even know about a disease. And then all of a sudden you're like, what? And then you're like, oh gosh. And then you're learning like in Wikipedia, I like all of a sudden trying to figure everything out as fast as you can. To be this great mom that's protective and caring, but I did not realize until you know going through my story that that would save his life in so many ways. So again, it was just I, I look back on so many things with him as he grew up that God was protecting us the entire time, and He's had this hedge of protection over us when we were growing up, or when I was when I was divorced, and it was just me and Fletcher. I claim this verse and I want to read it because really quickly, it's not long, but um, it's Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. So many people have heard this verse, but like for those of you out there that might need um, a clutch verse, every time I hear you, I would always put me or Fletcher in it. And when I tell you, honey, this verse has made a Jesus my BFF ever, because I mean, literally he, um, I could feel him. I could feel him in these passages. This is what it says. It says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope and a future. Then you will call upon me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. What I didn't realize is that the time that was fixing to happen, honey, I was about to be seeking him when I woke up, when I was driving in the car, when I was everywhere I was going, I was seeking Jesus. And I think he knew, again, that fall, falling, I've got you, baby girl, just penetrated my heart every time I went to him. So then Roman and I got married. Roman and I grew up together. Insane how the Lord, like we were in youth group together. And then he puts him in my life four years later. And um, so we were a blended family. And I was getting to be a stepmom to a beautiful daughter, Ella. And so it was just, an, it was just a cool, cool thing. Well, Fletcher at this time, I'm fast forwarding a little bit. He was almost 15 and we could see things were changing. And by the time he turned 16, he was going in, he was making horrible choices. I'm not going to mince words about it. It was, it was a dark place and he was rageful. He was just cussing, mad, angry, every word you could think of. And as a mother, this is something I never in a hundred thousand years, you know, you, you want to help them. But then you don't know who they are. It's like, you can't, I I couldn't fix it. I couldn't help him. And it was crushing. And I kept just thinking, okay, it's going to get better. I'm going to try this. And then, and God just kept telling me, remember your passage that you (laughs) read to me every day. Remember the things that you say to me, call to me and seek me. But he was like, baby girl, you can't do this. And I've got him. All he kept telling me was I've got him. And I remember thinking, okay, okay, Lord. We've been praying and my husband had actually been to this place called French Camp Academy. This is what's really a God thing is that he had even gone there and we were like knowing that we needed to, um, he needed to go, he needed to get out of Hattest he needed to go somewhere else. And he was really in a dark place. And so as a mother, we did an intervention. Like I literally had 36 hours to pack his stuff. And as a mother, I guess, as you think of like your, your kid going somewhere and you're taking them and you're, you're moving their room in, you're doing all this stuff. And it was not gonna be anything like that. If anything, it was gonna be the hardest decision and hardest thing I've ever had to do as a mother because again, if you remember, I'm energetic. I love hard. All I wanna do is serve God and I wanna I wanna love on my kid as a mother. And now I'm taking him out of the home. I'm going somewhere that that is not what I planned on at all. Now, during that time before we did the intervention, Psalm 91 was another verse that we were just praying over him. And little did I know that we would pray over him. And for gosh, to this day, seven years later, which is crazy to even say. So the intervention came that morning. And I just guess this is one of the parts where the turning point happened, where I really, there's every time that I I want you to feel like you're with me in the story. This is where it really cranks up. So excuse me if I get emotional, because it's like, I play it back in my mind, like it's so real. So we got up that morning to do the intervention. There were five men here that kind of listened and helped me along with sweet Roman. We had the stuff packed. He didn't know I'd packed it. It was in the back of the truck and we did it. We put him in the car and he was screaming, cussing and mad. I didn't know if he was going to hit me over the head. I didn't know if he was going to jump out of the car. Mind you, we had a two hour and 45 minute drive to this place. And I've never been able, I just remember I could, I was like, I couldn't breathe. It was like, I could just, I remember thinking, God, I just, I need you right now. I need you with me right now because I'm taking my baby to a place. And I just literally need you to just help me breathe. Let me know that you're with me. And I will never forget driving. And he was mad and he was upset. And as a mother, I was crushed because this was never the idea that I had in my mind but he just, God just kept still a small voice saying to me, I've got you. I've got him. You're going to be okay. And I remember just praying in the spirit. And by that time, I was just like, it was almost like the woman at the well. I think it's the woman at the well. And she just touches his cloak. She touches the base of, of Jesus' robe. Maybe it wasn't at the well, but somewhere was somewhere. It oh, was one sweet lady touched somebody, Jesus' robe. And he felt it and he healed her. And I remember I was just at my knees, just... Praying, God, just give us strength to get him there. And we were driving, and he he would calm down, he would cry, then he would just start hitting the back of my seat. And uh, you know, at that point in time, I just thought he hadn't taken his insulin. That was another fear. And all of a sudden, we come. We're starting to open up into the Natchez Trace. And if you're not familiar with the Natchez Trace, it's this long, long highway. And all of a sudden, these it opens up into this field. And I look over the window, and there's these huge. Wings, like beautiful wings that are just sweeping over our truck. And I can see them like it was yesterday. And they're like covering us. And it's so beautiful. And it was God's, it was angels. And they were, and I didn't say anything, but it was like this peace just came over me. And in Psalm 91, it says, He will cover you with His feathers. And under his wings, you will find refuge. And he was shielding us. And he was showing me because he knew that I was like, he knew that I needed a vision. And all of a sudden, I was just like completely like, okay, okay. And again, he didn't have to do that. He totally didn't have to do that. But it was a beautiful sign of, I'm with you, Carrie. I'm with you, Carrie Ray. He's got, I'm going to take care of him. And they were so, I couldn't see their faces, but they were like these beautiful sweeping motion over, especially on the side of me and the side of the truck to protect Fletcher. So we pull in, I can't even tell you, people that were not supposed to be at that school that day were there. We got out of the car. People distracted Fletcher because at this point in time, they were distracting him so we could get him situated. We have five minutes. So as a mother, you have five minutes to go into a room. And unpack to his room and get out. And God put these beautiful people in our path because I wasn't even going to see him again. And that was the first part of leaving. We got in the car. God ordained every single detail to give me strength. All of a sudden, I went from panic mode to super strength energy. God just ordained every single slapping minute of it, slapping minute of it. And you know what? That was only God because He knew He said. I'm going to build her because she's going to have to have strength to get through this. And I'm going to give her energy to meet the people and let them feel her love to take, to know that she cares about her son and that she she trusts you. And I trust you, Jesus, that you've got him in every detail. I mean, I get in the car to leave. We get off on the side of the highway and it all just comes out. We're just falling crying. And, you know, it was just beautiful how God helped me through that time. And what little did I know that next year and a half He would help me. There were so many moments as a mother that I didn't get to see. I didn't get to see. And you know what? But I knew that God was working on my behalf, his behalf, to train my kid with skills that he actually uses today that he learned there. That's so cool because he would have never learned all these skills at home. I mean, he learned some of them, but not to the degree that he's using them now. So that was then. And I know I'm whipping through all that, but... um. You know, that was where I really saw God was real. And that was where I really felt like I have the, the most incredible relationship. But I didn't even I, it was so it was so effortless. That was so cool. As I think as a religion. You're so in this like open the Bible, do this, do all that with your with your church or whatever. And you don't feel this connection. But I, it was not like that anymore. I was talking to Jesus. I was praying to Jesus. I was listening to worship music. So after Fledger graduated from high school, then he went um, he came home. That's when the, um, this, the spiral went down again. And he was in college. He decided to go to college. Well, at that point in time, I think we had, we had just started going to a new therapist, a Christian therapist. This was a game changer in our life because little did I know that I was fixing to be putting all these steps into play for, um, for him. And when he got to school as a diabetic, he just started getting he got sick one night. And little did I know that he would be in ICU three times in the next eight months. And I know you're kind of like, holy cow. Yes. I, as a mother, I just, it hurts my heart to even say that. But um, but the thing about how God worked through all that and how where we are today is just absolutely beautiful. So the first time he got in there and I was mortified. I mean, he'd never been in hospital in his whole life as a diabetic, but I didn't realize it was drugs at the time. Second time he went in and it was, I mean, the doctors, someone of the doctors actually knew me. And I remember going, he just gave me a look. And I remember thinking, okay. And then but this time we were heavy into our therapist and she said, which, you know, I I never even thought about this because again, I didn't drink. I didn't smoke. I didn't know what in the world how to uh, conquer this, but I knew that I needed to do something was going to be happy. God was telling me, Carrie, I've got him. You've got to get out of the way. You just got to get out of the way. In the sweetest voice, he would tell me this over and over again. And I guess it was one of those things where as a mother, you're just like, I just, he's my only child. I mean, I don't, I don't want to lose him. And the third time he was in the hospital on his birthday, his nineteenth birthday, which was just awful. I was in ICU in the waiting room, and again, I was just delirious. And I think I was so tired, I was just like, "This can't keep happening." I mean, I, I don't know what else to do. And that time, our therapist was talking about a treatment facility or him being homeless. Now, you have to keep in mind that I am like in a small town. Everybody knows everything. And I'm like, oh my word. But at that point in time, God was like, but I'm in control and he he's going to be okay. But you're going to have to step back and let things fall and let him, let me pick him up. That was the biggest part. Let me pick him up. And I was like, okay. So that night and I see you the third time, I'm sitting there with my co zero, just like delirious. And this man is sitting there and I think he's homeless. And he looks at me and he said, how are you? And I was like, I'm not good. And for me to just say, I'm just not good. And he said, I said, my son's in ICU for the third time. And I said, I'm just sad. I'm just crushed. And I don't know what I'm going to do. And he said, he's going to be okay. And he said it in this voice that like was an angel. And it was, I just said, oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And he got up and left. Well, the ICU is not that very big. It's not as big, but the area where I was was not that big. So I get up to go find him and just thank him again. Cannot find him anywhere. And I looked and looked and I couldn't find him because I had time before I could go back in my visit time. And I know that was God telling me that what was to come. So again, here we go into go mode. We've got, you know, 24 hours. I was on the phone with my therapist and she's like, he can't come home. So here's what's going to happen. Because remember. When you're enabling him, you're putting one foot into the grave in a casket. And that was really all I needed to hear because I had to stop. And I didn't realize things like he would ask me for things and I would just believe him. And it was enough was enough. And I realized God was telling me in a sweet, precious voice, girlfriend, I created him. I've got beautiful plans for him. Remember that that passage in Jeremiah? I've got beautiful plans for his life. You just got to let him go. And so I did. And so I packed his car again. Like I'm going to French camp. We packed his stuff. I had to go run around town, get gift cards for food because I was not giving him cash. We dropped him off at this place in town. Well, first of all, he had to walk home from the hospital because I was still driving around like a maniac trying to get gift cards, which was close to where he was staying, which was insane. But then again, God gave me that supernatural energy. He gave me that strength. He gave me that boldness to just do it. I encourage anyone out there to just like, fall, fall into him because it's the best decision you can make if you're wigging out right now. Cause I was there. And then we took him to this place. He walked home and he was like, what am I doing? And I was like, you're going to this. We're not, you're not staying here with his hospital band on, loading him up, going to this nasty hotel motel. It's not even a hotel. We walk in. There's homeless people that stay there are prostitutes. It's this trashy, trashy place. And he had to feel it. And, I remember going into the room, and I'm not lying to you. I want to tell you, like a CSI room, it was horrible. Like, I I mean, like Looking back on that, I can break out the CSI word, but it was horrible. And I remember putting his lungs in there, and the refrigerator was like something from like 1950. It was horrible. And I put his insulin in there. And I just remember laying, my, laying his Bible down. I just said, you just got decisions you got to make, and God's got you. And we walked out, stayed there a week. And then our therapist was like, if you want to bring him home, have the strict regulations, that's fine. But, you know, just see how it goes. So, again, my husband and I get out of the car. We got back in the car. We drive off. not even a half a mile down the road. i lose it again. But God, the same thing as Fringe camp. But God is so real. And he's like, I've got it. But I had a piece. I had more of a piece this time than I did the, the second time. Except I had a sick pit in my stomach because I just dropped him off. But a month and a half later, he um was in a really scary place. And I think with, as a mother, my prayer was like, God's got him. God's got him. And he was ready. He was ready to go to treatment. And I think on the way down there, this is what's so beautiful is that God's sovereignty and how he drove us down there. It was a peaceful ride. It was such a different story from those first two times and how driving down there and he knew, he knew he needed help and God had broken him and God had worked in his life he wasn't there spiritually. I don't know. He might've been, but I, I was there. And I knew that finally we got there again. God gave me that energy and boldness to, to have him there and to know that he's going to be okay. And we just praised God when we left. And we praised God when we left, if we dropped him off about 10 days later, he calls me and he says, mom, he said, you know what? He said, I, I have the gene for the disease, but it's going to stop with me. And you know, I had finally had re- God was giving me rest in his arms. and all I could think about when I got home is I just wanted to crawl up in his lap and just let him hold me because I was tired and I knew that I had given him to God, and it took a long time, and there were times I would take him as a mother and then you pull it back, and then you take him and then you pull it back. and um but I knew, I knew that um, that he was going to be okay. And then, you know, he graduated from the facility seven months later. You know, has it been easy? No. Has, how has God worked? Um, one unbelievable part of the story with while he was in treatment was we were, we went, we had the opportunity to go to see Lauren Daigle and I, her song Rescue had come out. I'm, a friend of mine couldn't go and she said, take my ticket. That was a total God thing. I had like two hours to get dressed and go. That song had ministered to me so much. and the part that just really speaks to my heart every time because he heard this every single time and showed me every single time is the part where she says, I hear you whisper underneath your breath. I hear your SOS, your SOS. I will send out an army to find you in the middle of the darkest night. It's true. I will rescue you. And I mean, I just want to scream up and down. Praise Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord. I mean, because he did. And, you know, I think when I look at my relationship now, this is the best way to explain it or best way to describe it. God soaked me up like a warm, yummy biscuit dipped in honey. I mean, he did. He just I can see it. I can feel it. I can feel him and how great that taste and how wonderful his precious spirit just enveloped us. And he didn't have to. He did not have to. And he did. And he did it abundantly. What I learned, or maybe how, you know, my life has changed now is, what what I learned, what I learned is how God, you know, my life growing up was really easy. It wasn't, I didn't go through hardships. And then all of a sudden, he showed me that he built me a certain way because he knew how I was going to be able to impact people. And he knew that I was going to be bold. And he knew that I was going to share his love and help, hopefully, anybody have that relationship because it's not. It's a turnoff in some ways for religion. But for me, that relationship, I can give an example. I can say, this is how God met me in my darkest hour. This is how he lifted me up. This is how he had angel wings. You can have this because I didn't, never thought I would be praying to the spirit. I never thought I would be doing any of this. But the special thing is that when Fletcher went to French camp, we bought this precious dog. And there's a reason for this part. His name is Major Payne. <laughs> He's an English cream gold retriever. He's a pet there. He's either a pet therapy dog or a hunting dog. Well, he was my comfort and my best friend along with Jesus and my sweet husband, and everybody else. Um, when Fletcher went to French camp. But what I didn't know is that we were going to become a pet therapy team. And so this precious dog and I get to now go every week to addiction facilities and share our story. We get to look at people's faces and say, you know, God works and, God's with you and we love you. We don't know you, but we know where you are. And we're on the other side of it, maybe. But we just want you to know that you are beautiful. And the coolest story I think I have, or I have several, but one of them that's super special is we go to the hospital. So we see children that have um, special needs and they might be able to not move their limbs. They may have no legs. They may not have an eye. Nursing homes. COVID kind of stopped all that, but it's getting back into it. But Hospital-wise, rehab facilities and um, addiction facilities we can go to now. And I pray for Fletcher Major, and I listened. I just call Fletcher Major. Um, Major and I go, and um, we pray and we listen to praise music before we get there. And I lay hands on him, and I just ask the Holy Spirit to jump in his body. Y'all, he does it every time. And when I tell you this, blind girl, she's deceased recently, which, um, but it was our first visit, and we brought her in. We brought Major in. Reminds you, it was our first visit. And I was just like, God, just watch over us, protect us, and let your power move. And she put her hands on him. And there were all these OTs, PTs, doctors, people, even the patients were around. And she put her hands on him. And she started feeling of him. And I said, what does he feel like to you? And she said, majestic. What majestic? I mean, how beautiful that that child could say that, could feel that. And so again, it's another God week. And it just brings me to tears because we know, we know the power of God. And you know, you just ask, you just ask for him to, to, to just jump in. And he does, and he loves it. And it's beautiful. And so to finish up, and I just wanted to tell you two things that I called Fletcher before we decided to do, that, or was asked, and I was asked, and I said, I need to let him know I'm going to do it. And he said, Mom. This is going to be incredible. I just I just know there's going to be so many people that your story is going to be able to touch. And the fact that he tells me, he loves me every day. Every day is a gift. And, you know, that, that would not have been said to me seven years ago. That is Jesus moving. And he's so real. He is so real. It's just such a beautiful thing. I just want to spread his word. I just want to be a servant leader. And I feel like that God specifically took me through this journey to help me be that energetic girl that loves god loves god hard and yeah i am one of a kind but i'm one of a kind because he made me that way and i'm so grateful for that and i want to leave you with this because i prayed about how god could just truly give me a thought of how i could end this and this is how he spoke to me falling fall trust me baby girl I made you to reach big and love abundantly. I'm here always. I can
1: so relate to Carrie Ray talking about how she would, you know, release Fletcher and then Yank him right back and release him and yank him right back. I do that so often with my kids and I, I tell myself I'm trusting God with them, but then I never, you know, fully let go. And one of the things is I was listening to her story. I thought, gosh, I would love to hear Fletcher's point of view mm-hmm. through all of this. And guess yes. what? It is on Patreon today yes. as our story within the story. We get such a glimpse of what he was going through at mm-hmm. the time, what he thought of his mom and, and her taking him to the boarding school, taking him to the rehab yeah. facilities and what he's doing now. And then we're also getting a little bit more from Carrie Ray as to, you know, what she, what her emotions were as she went through that and some stories about her and major pain in their pet therapy. So, yes. so we'd love for you to go on Patreon.com and, and listen to that. If you're a member, if you're not a member, go there and join. It's $5 a month, guys, and it just really supports our ministry. It helps us to get stories out to women all over the country and so that they can know that their story matters as well. So we thank Fletcher for doing that. But I know there's so many takeaways that Lindy and Robin had from her pages story as well. <laughs> yes, pages. Well, y'all
2: know that my favorite part of Carrie Ray's story was God soaked me up like a warm, yummy biscuit with honey. That's when I knew we were kindred spirits together because who doesn't love a warm, yummy biscuit? But that's a story for another day. Yes. The fact that she couldn't fix it. Mm-hmm. And she said, Lord, I can't fix it. And I don't care if it's children, marriage, something big, something small in your life. We're always trying to fix it instead of just
0: turning it over. Yes. And I, you know, I told her when we were done recording that somehow the way she told this story, I felt like I was there. Mm -hmm. They, you know, sometimes you've heard something 1000 times and then all of a sudden it clicks. It's like we have heard story after story of people releasing things or releasing children or jobs or, you know, whatever the case, but somehow today in her story, I just really understood what it looks like to release your children or anything mm-hmm. to God and truly let it go. Yeah. Well,
2: okay. and how painful that must have been. Mm-hmm. I mean, just oh. I, as a mom, I, you know, it, it truly was only through God's power that mm-hmm. she was able to do that. And,
1: you know, the first time when she was taking them and the visual of the wings yes. flapping around the truck, and, and then she talked about the difference between that time versus the peaceful mm-hmm. time that they went. And I thought, how precious is it that God gave her a vision You know, when she was in the midst of him kicking the back of her seat and so mad and cussing at her, how sweet it was for him to just envelop her with his spirit. That's why we wanted to say fall into the father because, you know, that's what he wants us desperately to do. And we so often try to fix it ourselves Uh or Uh think that we should.
0: Yeah, I love that visual because I remember being at summer camp and doing that trust fall, you know, and and that's what it is. It's just saying, it's just letting it go. Yeah, that was such encouragement.
2: And I would remind you that God is working on your behalf, no matter what the circumstance mm-hmm. he is working, even when you can't see it. Mm-hmm.
1: And I will just say one more thing is, as I love that she had a verse that she just clung to yes. mm-hmm. Jeremiah 29, mm-hmm. 11. And that's what I would encourage you as well. If you're going through something hard, find a verse, you know, go mm-hmm. through scripture and find a verse to hold on to because his word is powerful absolutely, and it will, it will sustain you.
0: Mm -hmm. Well, thank you so much for listening today. And like Katie said earlier, we are going to have a Patreon story within the story. And so we would love for y'all to join us there. We're so thankful for those of you that are already there. And again, there's a link in the show notes, but it's also patreon.com backslash STL community. And if this is a story that you know someone needs to hear, pass it along. We never, ever, ever get tired of people saying, I sent this story to Uh so-and-so and it's exactly what they needed to hear. And so thanks for listening and we will talk to you next week. Bye.